Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the very first episode. We're going to be going over the Gotham Knights delay, Game Pass going cloud gaming for everybody, Sea of Thieves stepping it up for a fellow friend, and Twitch streamers marathon Twitch stream. Uh, and then we're going to end things off with the initiation of our Better Oscars 2021. Uh, it should be a pretty good show. But first, Jonathan, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? I've been playing a lot of Satisfactory. Yeah. Uh, we, yep. You know, <laughs> we were getting into Minecraft for for a little while, and then that Satisfactory update dropped out. So uh, I've been playing that. Uh, I haven't watched much lately. I watched, you know, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and yep. uh, the Snyder Cut. But other than that, I don't think I've watched a whole lot of TV. How about you? Uh, satisfactory, man. And, and we promised it too. Said, oh, yeah, we're going to stream a lot. And this time we did. Uh, and we streamed, we streamed pretty good. And um, watching wise, uh, oh, Solar Opposites. I'm, I'm, I rewatched the first season because the second season is about to drop next week. Uh, that's a fun show, guys. If you guys like Rick and Morty, it's like Rick and Morty, but you could tell that Dan Harmon's not writing. It's just Justin Roiland. So, and he, I mean, it still has a lot of the other team as well. But you know, Dan Harmon has that little extra like blow your mindness to it. It's missing that part, but it's still a lot of fun. And it has a subplot where these. It was about an alien family living on Earth that's trying to get out of there and stuff. But the two kids do this thing where they keep shrinking people and putting them in this like terrarium, big terrarium they have set up in the wall. So they have a subplot the entire time of the life in the terrarium. And my favorite episode is the final episode where this whole time you've been watching like this rebel group on the bottom levels of the terrarium decide like we need to take over the rest of this place. And then they attack and there's a twist ending. And it's this really cool, like almost like a Snowpiercer story, but it's always like little people that are using like toothpicks as their spears and stuff it's it's a really great show though so um check that out guys it's on hulu only and the second season is going to drop next week so i'm excited for that uh, but that's what i've been watching and of course satisfactory all day every day now let me question for you have you have you done this yet where you leave the computer on to produce more stuff well see i have a bad habit of leaving my computer on 24 7 because <laughs> i uh don't get you know we got a newborn baby so i don't get a lot of time to go on the computer so i don't want to waste any time loading nothing right so i just right. keep it on waste all the electricity in the world um, but yeah, I do that. Problem is I'm still using biomass burners. So I come back Oof. and they're all empty and I got to spend the 15 minutes restocking on my biomass and yeah. stuff. That's that's kind of a hassle. You really How about you? can't do that until you have the coal, coal plants up. Yeah, I have because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to download. I'm downloading Fortnite again, guys. And it's because oh, yeah, the, the, the godson wants to um, play Fortnite. And I'm like, OK, I'll download it. Uh, he just got a new gaming PC. So he's like going crazy for it. Which is, I'm, I'm very happy for him on that. Um, and so I was like, well, I have to leave my computer on the download anyways. I might as well have Satisfactory up, start getting some more uh, rotors. I ended up filling a box full of rotors. Problem is, what I did not know is when you start Satisfactory, it pauses the downloads. So I didn't get any oh, other gosh. part I downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> but I came back to a That's nice a... box of rotors. <laughs> <laughs> Progress. Oh, goodness. So um, fun, fun. <laughs> Uh, all right. So this episode is brought to you guys by our Patreon. Uh, special thanks to our executive producers, Kevin and Banshee Shooter. Uh, guys, overall Patreon things are lit right now. We've been doing a lot of the sloops. We will be doing a sloop for every um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A sloop is our uh, spinoff ep- uh, show where we do a uh, immediate reaction to the show. So, like for example, what we're going to be talking about is after some time of digesting the the shows that we just watched, the movie we just watched, stuff like that. Uh, sloop instead is right away. So you get the emotion of like, God, I hated that. Or man, that blew my mind. 
that's all on Sloop, and it's a, it's only for our patrons. Even at a dollar a month, you get access to it, and then you get all this other cool stuff too. So uh, check it over, check it out over on our Patreon link in the description. I forgot before we started this episode, I was gonna talk to you about a couple ideas I had for additional Patreon content. So uh, after Ooh. this, maybe we'll go over at least at least got one good idea. I think would be pretty fun, fun for the fans. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about it after this. We're gonna be doing giveaways next. We're gonna start doing the giveaway part next month. And um, right now we only have the two two patrons, so uh, it' pretty great odds for them. Um, but I'm excited because of how fun Patreon is this time. The first time we just didn't know what to do with it, and now that we're just like, I always want to make content. I, now that I've been doing it for a while now, I just want to keep making more stuff, and I'll just shove it out on Patreon. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's a place to post stuff, so it's really good. And some of those, I, I'm really proud of. So to be honest with you, you guys should check it out. It's really good. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into the Zack Snyder Cuts Justice League review. We're going to do the reviews first, then the news. It's kind of different than how we normally do it. Um, I kind of wanted to give this a shot. See, let me know what you guys think, uh, if you guys prefer it this way. I kind of feel like because of how hot these two things are, especially Jack Sn Zack Snyder's stuff, um, it's probably best to get these done first because that's what they're going to be clicking for. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to give you guys that right now. Jonathan, you had not seen the other Justice League Cut before, right? Mm-hmm. Overall, did you like this four-hour movie, or did you not like it? I I liked it. I I do want to sit and watch it again to you know be able to digest it better. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was a complete waste of time to watch it. Um, I wouldn't tell everybody, you know, oh yeah, this is terrible. Don't watch this movie, kind of thing. It's worth watching, but um, you have to know, you know, there's there's some things about it you're probably not gonna like. Yeah. For the most part, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh, very long though. Yeah, very long. <laughs> Daniel was very excited about it. He's he he's like, I can't be there, but I want to send you. So I have a, a little paragraph from him that I'm going to be reading later on, uh, and 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 mention his grade. Uh, myself, I will be very honest with you guys. I know I have a bias against this film. I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. I don't think his work is very well done, and in particular, Justice League, I think is just a bad movie, and I think a lot of that's up to the decisions he already made. So. While there is definitely some awesome, awesome moments in this thing. I mean, they're really, Wonder Woman, especially that fight scene with Wonder Woman. Uh, the more cyborg stuff, really great stuff. I myself have a very negative outlook on it. So just a heads up on that. If you don't like somebody talking smack, I'm not your best source. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so let's go over and go over some of the aspects. Uh, let's go over visuals because I think that was the highest highlight of the, of the Snyder Cut. Um, overall, again, you don't know the differences. What did you think of the visuals? And then if there's something you bring up that I know is new, I'll make sure to say like, well, in the original version, what did you like of the visuals? Yeah. So, so most of it was really sharp, really clean, uh, a lot of contrast and color, which I like to see. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very bright. It kind of reminds me of the, the new uh, Star Trek movies, how they got that like gleam off everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I didn't like is there was some moments where you could see the CGI just, it seemed like it wasn't, wasn't finished or they didn't put enough effort into specific like moments and cuts. Um, I right away when they first showed uh, Doomsday on that planet and that battle and stuff like that, I was like, man, Doomsday is kind of a big deal. And, or I'm sorry, Dark Side, not Doomsday. Dark Side. Yeah. Um, and why, why would they show him in such like, it seemed to me like tacky CGI, like wasn't as crisp yeah. as I had hoped he'd be. Yeah. And he's, you know, and he's a big character. So it's like, you know, not shown a lot, but he's uh, important to the story. For that scene, uh, uh, in their defense, mm -hmm. almost it, it just uh, a matter of the situation, uh, that was normally um, Steppenwolf standing there. 
That wasn't that wasn't Darkseid standing there. They actually replaced Darkseid with Steppenwolf. Or I'm sorry, vice versa. Oh, okay. It was, you know. And uh and they actually extended that scene out. So we got more of it where he's actually fighting uh Zeus. By the way, Ares and Zeus really did a great job in that scene. People are not talking about that, but it was cool to see the old gods fight the new gods, essentially, is what the, that really is if you're a DC fan. Um <clears throat> and then we had the Green Lantern running around and stuff like that. I liked that scene because the battle part, all the CGI was the same it felt like it felt like it was about the same as the original cut but um dark side needs more attention he's such a badass that i really liked that part by the way this film is from my understanding not canon so the stuff that that went down in this movie i think they'll retro i think they'll change that but that this film is not canon so the fact that dark side was in that scene doesn't matter for the next flash movie stuff like that mm. so that'll be really weird i I do like that little bit where Darkseid reaches for the Green Lantern ring and then it gets snatched oh from him. God. Like, yeah. is that a little foreshadowing? Would that is that a? I'm sure that's probably a story in one of the comic series that he gets a Green Lantern ring or something because of that little teaser. But yeah. I, I don't know. Not that I know of, but I was tweeting. I was live tweeting the event, which uh, which was fun, a lot of fun to do. And that was one of the things I brought up. Was like, thank God, thank the new gods yeah. that he did not get that ring. Think of how powerful. He would have been. He would have like somehow yeah. drained the Lantern Corps. <laughs> yeah. Could could he corrupt the Lantern Corps and turn all the other Green Lanterns into his minions? Oh, he probably would have created the Black Rings or something like that with that. Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, man, we just created a whole new story. It's gonna be awesome. Oh man, we gotta write it. One of my favorite images ever is Batman wearing the Green Lantern ring. It's just such a yeah. cool ass image. Ah, oh, shit. But yeah, any other visuals visuals that stood out to you? Um, let's see, there was. I mean, that was a long movie. There's so much. It was a beast. Uh, one, one of the C, one of the CGI effects that I noticed too that sticks out in my head that was kind of poorly done. I think uh, was Batman's grappling gun uh, teetering on the edge of the scaffolding or whatever, yeah. and it goes to fall off, and it's just like you're in a, a cheesy 3D ride kind of thing. Like yeah. you see it falling, and then his hand comes and grabs it just in time, and just the way it's falling is obviously not natural. So it just it kind of didn't fit right, but. There's a lot of little things like that. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a lot of little things with the CGI that didn't hold up to me. But again, it's such a huge movie. I'm sure that you can't do practical effects for a lot of stuff. So that's one of my argument. One of my complaints about the treatment of Batman in this film is my favorite thing about Batman in a in his relationship to the Justice League is the fact that he's always standoffish. Like, yes, he's a part of the Justice League, but there's times where he's not, and it's because like after he has those death plans for everybody. Uh, the Doom storyline and stuff. He's he's just that one step away, although he's part of the Trinity. And what I really like is when shit's going wrong for the Justice League, it's the human that swings in on the on the grappling hook with a bunch of batterings that saves the day sometimes. And that's just so dope. When you have like a son of Krypton and you have literally a demigod and, and stuff like that stuck, and here comes Batman. But in this movie, yeah. it's the other way around. Batman is saved countless times by these other heroes. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's bring this old man along with us because, yeah, he's also the old guy in the group too. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, and it, it seems like nowadays, and it, this might be because of Iron Man's success, that Batman is leaning so much on technology. Yeah. When my favorite version of Batman is the detective exactly. that knows how to fight because he knows his enemy yeah. more than anybody, and he's he doesn't need he. You could drop him on a desert island and he'll find a way to you know thrive. Not necessarily you know it doesn't need his technology but fucking yeah small explosion in my brain right now i was just thinking like i want more of a sherlock holmes 
both Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want the Iron Man. I want that fight scene where Robert Downey Jr. sitting there like, left punch, then I'll break his leg. And you know, like it's explaining the fight. That kind of idea would be really cool for Batman. Like that great. Yeah. And the Robert Pattinson version of Batman is supposed to be more of the, the detective than it is anything else because it's his early days. So hopefully we get that soon. Like like an Iron Man suit, he has Jarvis telling him what to see and what to do. I want Batman to do that without any technology in his suit. Yeah. I want him to be analyzing everything as it's coming around him. That'd be that'd be cool. And a little bit of a you know sonar ability because he's got the bat technology. Yeah, hey, that makes sense. Cool. Makes sense. Gotta go with that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Uh, visuals wise, I think the biggest upgrade, of course, is the change in Steppenwolf. The old Steppenwolf was bland. He he was darker, and so like in the final fight scene, he kind of blended in with the background. By the way, spoiler cuts for everything, or spoiler warning for everything. Um, but yeah, he blended into the background a lot, and it kind of made the fight, I don't know, dark and bland. And then with his new bright, shiny armor, and just the face has so much more detail and emotion. Uh, I like this Steppenwolf so much. He was the highlight to me. Was Steppenwolf? What are your thoughts on on the villain? So I like I did like the villain. He seemed well fit for him. I like um, how he worked for Darkseid. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, you know, Matt. I felt I felt like it was a Sith Lord scenario, a master and a yeah, servant kind of trying true. to prove himself thing. Very cool. I liked his armor though. It was a little bit distracting sometimes. How his the little fingers in his armor would move as if as if it's like a breathing living metal. Yeah. Um, it looked really cool, but sometimes I noticed myself just kind of watching it, waiting for it to move and. And not paying attention to the scene. Yeah. Um, so that was that was different. But I I also noticed I really liked uh the voice of Steppenwolf mm-hmm. because it reminded me of uh Dragonheart. Uh, yeah, Sean Connery. Sean Connery and, and Dragonheart. That just kinda like, yeah, I don't know, that deep. I was just I was thinking that while I was watching, I was like, man, if they ever want to remake that movie, whoever did this voice would be really good for it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a really, really cool villain. Yeah. All together. The, the fight scenes are always really good too. There's like uh the Wonder Woman one where she's fighting with the bracelets. Uh, you and me talked about this yesterday. I really like the fact that they didn't show. Okay, so Squeaks' pet peeve is the slow down stuff. And I can't blame him because it's always annoying when they just slow things down to show her breaking a bullet with the with the wrist. And there was a lot of that in this. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in everything. Whatever, like yeah. Flash. Every time they use a Flash thing, they always show him slowing down time. It's like, show him fast. Don't show him slowed yeah. down. He's Flash. Yeah, use that for the... For the one, let that be the one exception time where you really yeah. want to analyze his movements in the in you know space. But yeah, don't show him slow stop time every single time. Exactly. It's like it's like if in the Matrix the entire time they did the bullet time thing. If he was yeah, always exactly. dodging bullets the whole time, like that'd be so stupid. No, we want to see him fight in the playground, bunch of you know Agent Smiths coming in. That was dope, you know. So yeah, that kind exactly. of thing. But so yeah, so they always slow things down. But that Wonder Woman scene where she's actually moving fast and blocking the bullets like and she was almost a blur that was so cool the whole time you're just like oh man you know what it is you know what it is it just dawned on me so when she slow when they slow down time they show her blocking a bullet it's like ooh, that was a cool move the, the bullet shattering i'm looking at that but when she's moving fast and the and they're rapid firing the bullets you're just then you realize like oh they're not going to get a shot off she's too quick for them like you, mm-hmm. my mentality changes into like what a cool effect into oh wonder woman's too badass for you guys yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I was, it's a it's a superhero movie. I'm supposed to have that feeling, you know? And it's like a, it's like another level of of skill for her because it's not, oh man, she can block a bullet. It's like, oh man, she could block a dozen bullets. No, she can block a dozen bullets at the same time and make it look nonchalant. Yeah. Like she's just that fast, that good. Uh so awesome. And I 
Gal Gadot, I, I, I'm such a fan of her. She does such a great job as Wonder Woman, I think. I know people are like, oh, she doesn't act enough. She sparks in me a, like, just like, oh, Wonder Woman's badass. Like, it's something that you don't see enough in the, like, it's in the comic books, but, like, right now they, they made her a god in the comic books, and now she's refusing to be a god and stuff. And it's kind of like, that's neat, but how about she's out there just, like, beating the shit out of a poacher or something like that? That's the part I want to see. <laughs> That's great that she's, you know, over here becoming an overseer, but let's just get her out there being awesome. Uh, so it was it was really fun. Uh, story-wise, was there anything that you felt, any comments on the story? I'll go with that, because I'm trying to not be negative, guys. I'm working hard over here. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I noted when I was watching it, too, is it felt like I was watching, like, five different movies that got edited together. It felt... Yep. Like very disjointed, very good. Yeah, that's, that's the word good. I keep tweeting out to people while I'm yelling. Yeah, <laughs> it's like very good stories, very cool. Well, not very good stories, very kind of mediocre stories, but very cool scenes. A lot of really good scenes that probably would have made great separate movies uh, if they were separated and fleshed out into a better written story for themselves. Uh, but together, it just seemed like too much of it was kind of cut and, and forced together. Just didn't seem very cohesive i yeah it, it was all over the place and you know some of the scenes would like follow scenes that don't make sense and there is a structure to things and you just got to follow that structure and you're gonna be okay uh i was trying to say like oh yeah the third act I'm like oh i can't even call the acts in this thing the acts are kind of all there might be five of them in there and it's really hard to pin them down that epilogue was awful um it's really hard to pin down the structure of this thing and and the editing was all off and there was so much unneeded story. What I actually want is I want a director's cut of the Zack Snyder cut. Let's take this movie and cut it down to like two and a half, two and a half hours. We I would be in that. You might have you might have me sold because four hours of this thing was tough. There was times where I was like two hours in and I'm trying to lie to it. So I'm trying not to take a break the entire time. And I was like, man, when I was younger, I used to be able to binge something like this. But damn, this is killing me. Um. Yeah, I the the cyborg additional story I thought was really nice because we got some more of that character and I think that he deserves a standalone film in my in my yeah that's what that's what kills me is I really like his his story but why would they not make a standalone movie yeah. about him make him make you know, develop do like Marvel to develop an entire movie make each of these heroes a god in their own world your favorite character of their people and then bring them together in an epic battle not yeah. You know, introduce them and barely know who they are. And oh, by the way, now you, you know, need to fall in love with this character because he's going to be fighting and saving the world. Kind of, it's just, it's too much crammed into one. I get why it's a four hour movie when you try to include all that stuff. But yeah. if you were to pull it apart and make separate movies, I think it would be a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and then even like the, uh, the Flash scene with Iris West. I get that, mm -hmm. but that scene would have been a really, really cool opener for the Flash movie coming up. Why did you yeah. waste it on this? You know, that now that was, that scene for Iris West, yeah, that could have been saved. But I do like that they added some more scenes with his father, so you kind of start to build that relationship with Barry and his father. Because Flash is cool. He's really quippy, and he's kind of the jokester of the group. But his him as a person, as Barry Allen, is so awesome. And I, you know, I, I attribute a lot of that to the Flash TV series. Really made me fall in love with this character. Uh, when New 52 came out, I was on top of it. I loved the New 52 Flash. Uh, yeah, so I I think they did a good job there. I'm there were definitely some highlights. The biggest low light to me was was the epilogue. That I mean, any kind of goodwill they earned, they lost it for me. What did you think about about that epilogue, the future scene? Um, 
I, I get it. Explain okay. that. I don't remember. Okay, so uh, all is done. We see that everybody's kind of going into their own corners and like, oh, no, I'm going to keep doing my thing. We then are seeing, we do see the future where it looks like uh, it's apocalypse, you know, or not necessarily the actual planet apocalypse, but it's torn up. And Batman is walking through the streets with Deathstroke, Cyborg with more uh, accoutrements on him, Flash with additional armor. Um, I can't, I still can't remember her name, Wonder uh, Aquaman's wife. And any, anyway, so they're like walking through the streets and it's all post-apocalyptic. And they come up and they're talking about like, oh, we need to get in there, blah, 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 blah. They're trying to look for the last mother box to be able to go back, so that Flash can go back in time. Uh, they come across Joker and Joker's sitting there and he makes his bargain with Batman to not attack each other because Joker has the last mother box. But Jared Leto's Joker is, oh, he's fucking awful, guys. He's just really bad at his job. I'm sorry. It, <laughs> it's just terrible. Oh, Jonathan, it's so bad. So. He, I don't blame you. You probably stopped after the main scene. You didn't watch this part. as what what it is because you thought the movie yeah, was I done. I probably fell asleep, honestly. Four hours. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Joker's talking about like, oh, how many boy wonders did you kill? Basically by sending them in. And Batman says, I will kill you someday. Um, he says that, you know, and, and in giving a jab back to Joker, he says, I had Harley Quinn dying in my arms. And she says, make sure that you die slowly. And I'll make sure that happens. And then Joker, me time, is giving him this Joker playing card and says, while you have this card, we have a truce. And so, and then there's this whole thing like, well, I said that pissed you off right while I was grabbing the card, so you can't attack me back. I, you're Joker and Batman. Why is this conversation happening? It's so stupid. And yeah. a playing card? Joker, you have way more reasons not to attack Batman than a plank. Oh, man, I'm sorry. This is what sleep is for. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I've tried to be positive, guys, but that scene was awful. I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? This is so stupid. Anyways, yeah. recast recast everybody. Recast a whole goddamn lot of them if you have to, to get rid of Batman so and Superman. The, what was the point of that whole scene being post-apocalyptic and oh, yeah. trying to find the other box still? <laughs> all that that doesn't. After that, you see that be... Superman lands. That what it is is you find out that Batman let Lois Lane die, so Superman turns evil again, right? The the version of Superman that's bad, and then he lands behind mm -hmm. him, and then it's like, oh shit, we're gonna die. So they all get ready to fight Superman, um, and then it's, and then Batman wakes up because it was all a dream or him seeing the future. Why can Batman keep seeing the future in his dreams? I don't understand. He's Batman. He's not. Anyways. And so he wakes up and then Martian Manhunter's outside his house to say, hey, I'm here to help you for when Darkseid comes. That's it. That's That all sounds like a confusing bad dream that you had. <laughs> it's it's like a fucking seven-year-old wrote, wrote the end of, of Justice League. Man. And instead, it's Zack Snyder. Let's make sure we give him more projects. All right. Um, anything else you want to say yeah. about Justice League? Like the music, I think they, they, you know, they got the new uh, composer for the music. It wasn't Danny Elfman anymore. There was a couple, a couple scenes I remember, especially as pointing out to my wife, like, listen to the sound, listen to this music in the background. This doesn't fit this part of the movie at all, right? And and maybe yeah. it's just me, but there was at least twice that I pointed out. I was like, this just doesn't seem like because you you always mention the score and it makes me mm -hmm. think about it more now. And I was like, it just seems it kind of ruins this scene. If you had there's a bunch of other songs you could choose or types of music that would really fit better i know one of them especially was an aquaman scene but overall i you know some of the music some of the action scene scores were really good but uh i know there was a couple that just totally didn't fit for me they changed 
uh, composers. The first one was Danny Elfman. He's the one that did like the original Batman movies and stuff like that. And so when he did Justice League, it was good. It was pretty good. Um, but it's not the the new guy. Can't remember his name. I'm looking for it. I don't remember. He's a DJ basically. Um, he's on. He's a YouTuber, and uh, he's the one that created that Wonder Woman sound. That like, and I love it. Uh, to me, it's one of my favorite. One of my favorite DC soundtracks is that like Amazonian music kicks yeah. in when she steps out. It's like, oh, here we go. Something's gonna get tore up. Um, he did that, and he's the one that redid the music for this entire thing because he was originally planned on doing the music for this too. Uh, there were some scenes that I thought benefited from the change especially the very end fight scene, which I got to also give them huge props for the fact that they, they cut out this Russian family subplot that used to be there where there was this like Russian family that was um, moving and like, Oh no, we're in the middle of this. Like that was a waste of time. So I'm glad they cut that out. And then uh, one of the big things was the sky in the original cut was red instead of just like stormy and cloudy. And that was very distracting and off putting and didn't make a whole lot of sense. So now it's just stormy and, and things are bad. So I think that was a huge improvement and I got to give him props for that. That was really well done. Yeah. Um, I thought so, it was okay. I thought it was pretty decent. But. One question for you then. Say we get a new director, hasn't done anything you know, significantly known, but you know, we have high hopes for him, whatever. What would you tell him uh, specifically to do or avoid to, to make this better? Hire? If he's going to re- yeah. re-edit Schneider's footage. Uh, if he's going to re-edit Schneider's footage, um, yeah. just... Get in there with a razor and cut some shit out. Like it's, it's like <laughs> you right. got to remove. Don't, yeah. Don't be afraid. Tell a story. That's my big thing. Tell a story, and everything that's not in that story, cut it out. You don't need it. And you mm-hmm. could save you could save yourself two hours in this thing. Uh, and then it, we don't need the whole. We don't need the extra Superman fight scene where he's suddenly good afterwards after Lois Lane. We don't need we don't need a lot of stuff. So cut all that shit out. And then mm-hmm. um, to just just remake the movie some day in the future. And get comic book writers to do it for you. People who know the story and see what happens. Give Jim Lee the job. I know he's an artist, but he knows enough people. And just do it right. All right. Uh, let, me All read, right. let me read Daniel's thing real quick. This is Daniel's. Oh, yeah. Daniel was a big fan of it. By the way, let's give our grades before we do this. Mine's a C-. minus. Uh, maybe I'll do C+. Plus. I, guess C+. I was going to go B-, minus, but with you being so negative, I'll go C+. <laughs> Now <laughs> I'm giving bees the be- a lot better stuff than this for sure. I will say my my uh, my conversations with people online have been most people really enjoy this film, so mm-hmm. I you know I just that's why I want to keep giving that heads up like this is just my opinion. Uh, now here's Daniel, who's another person who really enjoyed it, and as I was talking to him, his grade kept sliding up. So uh, he says, <laughs> "I already know you guys are gonna laugh, but I'm giving this movie an A minus." This <laughs> I like how he preempted that. <laughs> The, right. the Snyder Cut needed uh, to come out so we could forget about the original movie. The film needed uh, four hours due to DC's failing all of us and not giving us a standalone uh, films for Cyborg and Flash. They rushed to complete this with Mar- uh, to compete with Marvel. Anyways, I really enjoyed Cyborg's backstory. It was really well done. The updated Steppenwolf is a hundred times better. He's so correct about that. Uh, then the original, uh, and he was a lot deadlier and spectacular. CGI was surely uh, has surely improved and really enjoyed the extended fight scenes. The film was intense, darker, and had uh, some gore. I loved it. Also, we were able to see that what Flash was able to do with his abilities. After watching this film, I believe Henry Cavill is the best Superman of all time. Of course, he has to throw that in. He's such a Cavill fanboy. 
only complaint with the film was Joker scene. <laughs> Never cared for Jared Leto Joker, but I highly recommend <laughs> the Zack Snyder cut. Zack Snyder nailed it. So there we go. And that, that's that's from Daniel, and I, I trust his opinion. Um, and that's, yeah, people have those thoughts. So that's that's good on you. C minus for me, C plus for you, and A minus from Daniel. Yeah, and I think if you if you isolate specific scenes, there's a lot of really good scenes. It, it's like I say, multiple movies cut into pieces and put together. Yeah. It's just together, it doesn't make like you're saying a cohesive story no, and not at all. you know smooth uh, transition through it. So it's like a YouTube yeah. playlist, not a freaking movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. All right. Uh, on to the next thing we watched. Uh, this came out on Friday, guys. It's gonna be coming out every Friday, and we will be reviewing every episode on Sloop. But we're just going to review the premiere as normal uh, on the regular podcast here. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This came to Disney+. Plus. Um, it follows up after the events of Endgame. Uh, I'll start things off here with visuals. We had that first uh, action set piece where we had the Falcon uh, chasing down. Uh, it, looks like, it sounds like French terrorists uh, that were in helicopters. Like that. It was just cool to see him on these wings. And I, I kind of had mentioned this in a tweet that like, like Thor and Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel and stuff like that, they're like so powerful that they really carry the team. But I think if I were to pick somebody I want to be because they're the funnest person to be, it would have to be Falcon. Falcon with those wings is looks so freaking cool. Like he's just dope. <laughs> what do you think? Like who would be the funnest for you to be? The funnest to be? Yeah. Uh, either I'd say either Iron Man or Thor. Um, Thor would be. But a lot I do like I do like the flying aspect. But Iron Man obviously can fly. You know, and Thor. Yeah. To an extent, can fly. That's the thing is with Iron Man, but you're in a full suit of armor, so it kind of doesn't feel like you're actually like in the air. I don't know. To me, kind of feels like I would rather have the Falcon wings than Iron Man's armor, in my opinion. So, how how much of a hard time does Falcon have breathing when he's moving that fast? Oh fuck! Good point. <laughs> <laughs> you want that armor? You need a windshield in your car for a reason. Oh man, that's a good point. Oh shoot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another thing. I don't. I don't remember. In the I. I never read the comic books of this. Um, but it's so much based on technology. All of our superheroes nowadays are leaning so heavily into having super tech versus, you know, back in the day, you'd have the Greek god powers and somebody and some like magic power, like like uh, WandaVision and another person. And then one person might have some unique alien technology that not even humans developed. But, you know, that kind of it was really rare. Now, everything, everybody has super tech in them. And it kind of, to me, cheapens yeah. the ability the value of it uh so that was yeah i don't know i just noticed that when watching it all of falcon's ability is super tech just like tony stark and a lot of that leans into mcu because of tony stark like he's the one that launched this thing so like that's why spider-man leans on stark's tech um yeah i totally agree with you and, and falcon one of the cool things about the falcon is he's a falconer he normally has a falcon with him and mm-hmm. now they, they replace it with drones but it, it was cool that he had a falcon with him it was like oh that's kind of dope yeah kind of cheapens it but. yeah um but yeah the, the visuals were really cool so outside of that action set we didn't really get a whole lot we did see that they're honoring cap and they hang up his shield um in the beginning of the of the of the series or episode sorry um and it just it was pretty it was pretty good visually but it was a lot of character building so we knew it wasn't going to be like oh man explosions all day uh but it was pretty good we, our villains in this looks like it's going to be flag smashers uh, there might be some more that we're gonna. We know that um, Zemo will be coming out eventually, and I think he might have made an appearance behind a mask. Um, I think another one of the villains will be U.S. Agent. Uh, what did you think of the appearance of U.S. Agent at the end, the fake Captain America? Yeah, so that confused me because I, 
like I told you earlier, I had a hard time with the audio too. I, I it must be a setting on my TV, but the speaking uh, roles would be really quiet, and then scenes with action would be super loud. And I'm turning it up and down. Um, so at the end, I was like, "Wait, who is this guy? Did they explain him ahead of time? Did I miss no, something yeah. out here?" But uh, so I thought I was like, "Is this a, a imposter who's pretending to be Cap, or you know, is it the government putting on a new show and they want everyone to feel safe and secure, kind of thing?" It's that one. <laughs> uh, okay, but his his I don't know, just seeing him and his grin and stuff like that makes you think, okay, he's probably you know gonna turn and be a villain or something. But um, and the the reaction of uh, Falcon, how he was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, just, I don't know if he's supposed to look a certain way or not. He looks like a, a wannabe, you know, captain. But That's exactly right. So, U.S. agent is basically a wannabe captain. The idea behind this this U.S. agent is the idea that, like, uh, it's a government-issued superhero. And, and technically, mm-hmm. the first Captain America was, too. Um, if you remember, in the first movie, they made him do the plays and stuff like that. He was part of the the, you know, the shows and stuff. So, he was actually a... a a U.S. funded superhero then too, uh, but yeah, that's what this new one is. And they're like, we have a new captain, and they gave him Steve Rogers Shield, which at the time I was just like, no, he doesn't deserve that shield. Don't let him get Steve Rogers Shield. Um, and and yeah, the idea is that like, as long as we have him, two things will happen. It'll deter the bad guys because they're like, oh no, they have a cap on their side now again, and it'll make us feel better as citizens of the United States. Like, oh, we have our Captain America. The problem is Steve Rogers went through like we remember that character he he jumped on the grenade during training he knew to take the pin out so the flag would fall over instead of trying to keep you know climbing the pole he was a unique character steve rogers was the hero he just had a shield in his hand and had super serum uh, soldier serum this new guy is just a douche (laughs) like not necessarily you know but that's what's going to end up happening he's going to be really arrogant he's going to be like a a guy who got famous too fast he's gonna be a youtuber <laughs> you know, he's gonna be like one of those famous youtubers that are uh we have a logan paul that's a super man right now or a, a captain america and so it'll be hard to like him um and i think we're gonna see we're gonna see falcon rip that shield out of his hands for one thing and not trust the government they were talking about how like this this show will change um a big part of the mcu going forward and i think the change that's coming is we're going to have a separation of like church and state. Like the superheroes will stay separated from the U.S. government after this. There will no longer be any ties. And that'll be interesting because we also have a War Machine show coming up. Uh, two of them, technically, that he'll be a part of. And we'll have to see, will he stay with the U.S. government? Because he's the other one that's like, I'm a soldier who is the United States version of Iron Man. You know? Yeah. What would you think? I was thinking about, um, you're talking about this, this, uh, fake captain getting the shield and all that stuff. What do you think if early on, if they had introduced an element of, I don't want to add magic, but you know, the infinity stone and everything to where it was a little bit more like Mjolnir and it had some kind of, you know, requirement of purity or something like that for the, the user to wield it. Like if you give this shield to somebody who isn't fighting for peace and justice or something like that, then you know it doesn't work, and if they get hit, it, uh, they go flying, you know, a million miles away. Or the shield has a little bit of a uh, its own character where it'll fly to you, kind of thing like the hammer does. If you're pure in heart, or, I don't know. I think a little something like that would be kind of cool, though. I don't know if we want to compare it so directly to Mjolnir and have those two in the same universe. Well, Mjolnir, yeah, it would be really cool if, um, yeah, that would be neat. And what we could see is the MCU Thor eventually will probably get the Odin Force, and it would be dope. 
if he could like you know, I don't know. Bless Thor, it. <laughs> yeah, he like comes down and he blesses the shield. He's like, you must have the heart of cap of of captain to wield this thing. And, you know, oh, that would be really cool. Because we might get by the end of this thing, we might have Bucky be the new uh Captain America. Or wield his shield anyways. Um, which might be good. I don't know. I really like I like the Falcon with the shield the best. Um, but I like that idea. Yeah, if he came down or or if Odin had done it, but if but Thor can do it once he has the Odin force, I think. And that would be really cool. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, okay. The other thing I really wanted to talk about in this series is the fact that it looks like it's going to be delving more into society stories. Uh, we have two different big ones that I see uh, rising up. Actually, three of them rising up that I'm really excited for Marvel to just take on head on. They're not shying away from it. It's really cool. So we have, we have uh, the main one that I think is most important is, is the Falcon story, right? He's back. He's gone for five years. While he's gone, his sister's been trying to keep the family business alive. And uh, now that he's back, he's like, well, let's just get a loan. She can't get a loan. And she's like, well, I'm surprised it's us. And so do you. I, I was just thinking, I mean, he's he's an Avenger, right? Yes. Couldn't he ask Tony, hey, could you transfer, you know, one point three billion to this account for me real quick? Just to, you know, were you reading uh, Twitter? Like, oh, yeah. Do you have the writing number? Like, <laughs> Dude, I know. I'm like. <laughs> How did when Tony died, he gave Peter Parker these glasses that give him drones and everything like that, and Falcon didn't get a damn penny to help out right. with these situations? But I, I mean, yeah. you, you learn from Captain. Do a little bit of marketing. Like go out there and be a spokesperson for somebody. Yeah, wear your wear your wings. You know, whatever you you'll be rich. Falcon <laughs> hot know, dogs. <laughs> He's like doing an ad, <laughs> right? So something. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems. It seems. I don't know. Kind of like a hole in the story and. Well, I, I, don't I don't think it's just... a hole in the story. I think it's the point of the story. I think the okay. point of the yeah. story, because, okay, let me, the, the most important scene, I think, is when they're in the bank and initially, okay, so the, initially that bank teller's like, oh, wait, I think I know you. So right away, he doesn't know him right away. So he's not as famous as like Tony Stark. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm Falcon. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's cool. Can I get a selfie? Yada, yada, yada. Then they don't get the loan. And so then there's this whole thing of where like, do black community, well, we know that black communities don't get the same um, treatment from, uh, financial establishments and stuff like that so we're getting that story being told through this movie and then the guy's like nonchalantly not really giving a shit about their feelings like hey can i get a selfie with this way and falcon's like are you fucking kidding me like you just denied us our loan and then they leave and i think that scene is so important because it's kind of giving the vibe of like he's not seen as a level of hero as everybody else is just like probably ant-man and stuff like that um hawkeye is another one that's kind of like all right sure thing uh and so there's that. And then there's also, you know, just race in, in the United States. All those things are compiling onto him where he feels like he's a second tier Avenger. And what does that mean when everybody else seems to be doing OK? I mean, we, we do know that, like, we do know that Ant-Man's not like rich or anything like that. His family is just living in a, a house and 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 uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's there's a lot to address there. What do you think? Yeah, I. I see where you're where you're saying. I I didn't want it to be like oh because he's the Black Avenger he's also got to be struggling financially and oh you know, yeah have, I see have, what you're saying that he has like, to live in the ghetto kind of thing because he's the Black that. Avenger right yeah you're right yeah I didn't want that to be like pushed on him and, and but I see what you're saying it's not it's not from a negative perspective it's a exposing that you know the realistic uh you know situation that that most Black people are put in because of the oppression in our country um so yeah I, I that's a good point I don't think it has to necessarily be a bad thing um it just it, it's, yeah, it's, it just seems like you know with the avengers when y'all get together and y'all like you're about to go into a big battle 
somebody would say, you know what? I just want you all to not have to worry about your families at home right, right? now because we got a lot going on. Let me just hit this button that, you know, one billion to everyone's account. Yeah. Your families are going to be comfortable while we're fighting. And if you die, don't worry. Your kids are going to have college. Like something to distribute. You all have billions of dollars between you. you know, just kind of distribute yeah. a little bit of that. Well, Black Panther is still alive. So <laughs> yeah. and he's doing <laughs> outreach programs and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Captain or uh, Tony Stark, the, the one of the billionaires of the group is dead. And, I mean, I'm sure if you yeah. go to Pepper Potts, she 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 spots you some cash. But there's also Black Panther who's still alive, who was next to you fighting against, you know, the threats attacking yeah. Wakanda. And if we want to be a spokesman for somebody, hey, be a spokesman for his school. That'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be dope. That'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah, I think so. In the comic books, I think there's a thing. I remember where where. Spider-Man basically takes over as the benefactor for the Avengers. And I think during that, there's something established where the Avengers get paid. And there needs to be something like that, right? And, I, and I, that's why I think there's going to be the separation of, of, of the two, like government and superheroes. And I think there's going to be a fund created that helps the superheroes have a job. Um, I think we'll see that. Or another thing, too, is like, why don't the government just give them like a prize? Like, hey, here's a million dollars every time you guys save the world. So they'd have like $3 million in the pocket right now. You know, it's yeah. like, why not help them out? There's definitely <clears throat> something missing there. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm excited to hear more about that. And then I think also um, in the Winter Soldier, he has a very like damaged psyche. Think about it. He's 100 years old. He's got memories that span decades because he's been frozen and brought back. He has a huge body count behind him where he's killed so many. So I think we're going to explore the effects of PTSD through him. I think that's the story we're going to get through that character. and. I just really liked how he kept going to that bar and talking to that old man. And then we found out, mm. oh yeah, you killed that old man's son. Like, oh, that was, that was sad. <laughs> yeah. What do you think we're going to get from yeah. Winter Soldier? I, I think you're right. I think you nailed it with the uh, exploring PTSD. And I don't know how far that goes though. Cause I mean, I don't know anybody who's, who's dealt with that. I know it's a big issue in of our course, country. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how you build a story around that, where it goes. I mean, Hopefully it leads to him not fighting. I mean, I would assume a PTSD, you know, survivor would be trying to go to a more peaceful life. And but this is an action movie and superhero movie, so it'd also be hopefully, like you're saying, picking up Captain Shield and and continuing to fight. But I don't know how you can put those two together. Well, you know, it'd have to be the end of his story that he yeah. retires and decides to, you know. Just have a family and stuff like that. I think they tried to justify what you're because it makes sense. Like, okay, if you're going to give him that story, the PTSD story, you can't then have him fighting all the time. And I think that's why they had that scene with the therapist. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm only speaking to what I saw on camera, so I don't know all the, the logistics behind this or whatever. But she was mentioning that, hey, you, sir, some people don't need relaxation. When you were in Wakanda relaxing, that was the worst thing for you. You need duty. You need to be active. You need You need to be trying to help people and stuff like that. So I think there's going to be like, so I, because she was a vet too. So there was like this thing where like a soldier's mentality may not necessarily be, let's go on vacation to, to relax. Um, and so I think that's the justification that like the way that you, and that's why he's kind of like crossing names off this list that he has of people who, who he's killed. Um, I think it's like the way you find peace with yourself is by going out and helping others and defending as an Avenger. So I think that's what yeah. it'll turn out to be. I don't okay, know how like sense. with actual PTSD, if that's suggested, but yeah, you know. Yeah, ser serving, having a set goal and achieving that goal yeah. piece by piece kind of thing rather than sitting back and wasting time and dwelling on your thoughts kind of thing. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that story as well. And then the final one that I think is going to be like socially important 
is uh, the Flag Smashers. They're making sure to show them as like homegrown terrorists type of thing where they're they're using social media, Facebook group kind of thing to create this. So I, I think it's the most realistic Marvel villain. Yeah, that we've had close so to far. Home. <laughs> yeah right. So I think Jeez. that's going to be interesting to see how they develop that. I think this series is going to be the most realistic, heartfelt Marvel property we've had today. I'm really excited for them. To, they're tackling some issues in this thing, I think. Yeah. And and honestly, I remember you know, last week or, or one of our recordings recently, we talked about this and I was like, yeah, I'm not excited because these are the lowest of the Avengers. But I think that's great. And I think that gives them a lot of room to write and, and really expand on the characters like we've, I mean, we've already seen in this first episode. And when you think about it, like we talk about Batman, he is the, the weakest of the yeah. DC superheroes because he has no actual power, just his gadgets, except for his you know great intellect. Um, but he is one of the probably the greatest DC superhero. Yeah. And so it's like that's hopefully what we're going to start to see here is, you know, the power of their integrity and stuff like that showing through, you know, more than the other heroes that have a super tech and, you know, all this magic and stuff like that. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it looks really good so far. Yeah, I have I have more faith in this show going forward now that I've seen the first episode than I did before going into it. I thought yeah. it was just gonna be action packed, fun stuff, but no, it's like, oh no, we actually are gonna have some good stories. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, all right, guys, let's go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and go into the news. Let us know uh, if you guys like us doing the reviews first or the news first going forward. Wondering how it turned out. All right, first bit of the news: Gotham Knights is delayed until 2022. In a statement on Twitter, the developers uh, tweeted out that the game that they needed more time to deliver the best possible experience for players. Now, I think this is a reaction to, like, cyberpunk. People are now so cautious to make sure they don't release a game that's got bugs, where it gets a bad name. Uh, what are your thoughts on them delaying this game, oh, like, a year, basically? Yeah, I, it, it's good and it's bad. I, I don't want developers to start getting in the habit of, of planning it out, putting out a early title and stuff like that, and getting people hyped up, and then delaying it and trying to reap benefits out of delaying it. Yeah. I think you need to make a plan and and execute it properly, but I definitely don't want a cyberpunk, another game that's getting dropped early, not fully developed, not tested, and, and it's just got a bunch of holes, and obviously they don't want that. It looks terrible on the name, so I think it's good to delay it if it needs to be, but understand, if it needs to be delayed, you failed. You made a mistake, <laughs> and you didn't reach, you didn't reach yeah. your goal. Honestly, yeah. it's, let's not plan on delaying every game. You didn't succeed. But it's better to delay it and have a finished, good premium product rather than releasing it early and it just be garbage and it just ruins your title. So, do you think, think that they should stop giving release dates on these things until it's just about done? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I, that I, I mean, at least get it to a certain checkpoint. Like we're in, you know, beta testing and we're just doing final touches because I'm sure they do all this just for marketing, right? But have a finished game before you do most of your marketing. Yeah, why? You know, I'm going to forget this title's name before 2022. Yeah. You know, it's going to have to get promoted and brought up over and over again until then. You're just dump, dumping a bunch of time and money into advertising something that's not for sale yet. I wonder if that would work well. I wonder if, like, they make a game and they're like, all right, releasing in uh, releasing next month. Like, if they announce it that next month, Gotham Knights is coming out. And I wonder if that gives them enough time to build hype or if it would have the adverse effect, it would actually might create more hype. Like, oh shit, next month we have a Batman game coming out and people go crazy. 
I wonder how that. Yeah. What do you, which do you think is going to happen? And it would be not enough time to advertise, or the immediate reaction might take over the internet. Well, I think there's a sweet spot, right? If you release if you release a title right now for a movie or a game coming out in five years, nobody's going to care about it in five years. If you release it like a month before, that might be too short notice. People are going to think, oh, is this like a cheap knockoff version of a Batman game that somebody just you know barely made it made for like a made for TV movie yeah, kind of thing? Maybe it's small. So yeah. I'm sure there's with you know market research, there's a spot in between there. Um, but I, I don't, I, I also think it's, it's hard for them to, to do that. They're trying to release it early, just like, you know, Walmart selling Easter stuff, you know, the same weekend that, that Target is putting it out. Yeah. Everybody's releasing stuff, you know, and, and Christmas decorations come out in July and next year they're going to come out in June. And the, after that, they're going to be on shelves in January just because, you know, you don't want to be the last one to release it. So if, if there's another competing game out there, they're they're being advertised, you know, six months in advance or a year in advance versus waiting until the last couple of months. So I think they just, they don't feel like they can wait and they have to get it out there as early as possible to try to get that dollar before it's spent somewhere else. Yeah. 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 It, it's a tough, it's a tough developing industry. I think with our switch to digital uh, platforms and stuff like that, it's easier for them to move the data around. So they might become more tempted to do that. I would like to see what is so a great example of them just kind of springing a game on us is Apex Legends. They told us about Apex Legends on a Saturday. The game released on a Monday. That was it. And of course, that game's free, so it's not like you're actually spending the money on it. But man, I remember when that came out. It was such a surprise hit. Daniel's like, "Hey, we need to record a podcast about this right now." And so he drove over here to the you know we recorded here in the studio. And um, back when that was a thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just so so surprising. And I kind of want more of that. It was just a fun surprise. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see what they do with it. And now that we're not like printing CDs and sending them to GameStops as much, I think we might have some flexibility there. More into gaming. Game Pass Cloud Gaming could be arriving to PC and iOS soon. In a recent Xbox video discussing cloud gaming, they hinted at a very early release. So originally it was going to be, oh yeah, spring 2021. It sounds like it might be like next month that they do this. So this this is the, like Stadia, right? Cloud gaming? Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's like Stadia, but it's, this is the Game Pass, the Xbox version. The, yeah. you know, um, currently, you can use it on the, the Android uh, and through a browser on the PC, but this new release will actually work for the iPhones and be a standalone Xbox app. So the Xbox app that's on our computers, it'll be there. Um the Game Pass has been thriving lately with the addition of 20 Bethesda titles. We talked about that last week. And they just integrated with EA Play, so you get the EA Play lineup. So there's your Maddens and stuff like that. Uh, Jonathan, are you ready to embrace cloud gaming, or are you still a little off the off this a little bit? I, I don't think I'm ready for it yet. I don't know. I don't, I don't play such a wide variety of games that I would really need to anyways. You know, if I get really, really bored, I'll download a little game app on my phone but for the most part i get something like satisfactory or minecraft or something that i can really sink my teeth into and i'll just keep playing that same game from the pc yeah um but i think this would be good for like families uh you know the the kids that want to play games and you know it's hard to keep a kid's attention on one thing so even if you got like a wii or something like that you got to get a new game every week to keep them occupied i'm sure especially in household that has you know three or four kids so i think for families this is probably probably going to be the way to go but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point, too. I wonder if they're going to have a situation where, uh, much like Netflix, whatever, you could have multiple people streaming at one time on the one account. Um, if we could see that for Game Pass, like, hey, I have two kids. 
and I can't get them to stop fighting over the controller. So can you guys please let one of them play on the phone and one of them play on the Xbox? Two different games. That could be a yeah. lifesaver for some families, you know? Or the same game. Every every room yeah. in your house has a TV connected to Wi-Fi. Why don't you all play? You know, even if you could, that'd be cool if you can use your phone as your controller. I'd imagine that'd be possible. Yeah. Your phone's your controller, your TV's your screen, and everyone's playing on a different TV, all playing the same game against each other. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I I think as we return to normal life and we start to go out more and stuff like that, I will enjoy the iOS feature. Uh, but for now, since mostly I don't go anywhere because <laughs> of the, you know, the, the situation, um, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm on my PC the whole time anyways. I do all my work on this PC and whatever. So I don't necessarily need to be gaming anywhere else. I'm not ready for, I'm not embracing cloud gaming yet, but I'm excited to use it as a gimmick. Uh, the idea of playing straight up Skyrim on my phone, that sounds amazing. That does sound yeah. really good. Like if I'm at school or whatever, or I'm at jury duty, God, could you imagine if jury duty, you're playing Skyrim and, and you're waiting to be called in? That is dope. Yeah. So there's something there. It does have some cool potential. So I, I think I, I'm on the opposite end of that. I don't think I would like that because you can't get immersed into yeah. a phone, to me at least. You know, I yeah. have to be at the mouse and keyboard. You have a lot more controls. Every finger's doing something. And, you know, your bigger screen and your, your headphones. It's just a totally different feel. I, I've tried playing Minecraft from my phone, and it does all the same stuff. Mm -hmm. You have all the same, you know, features in it, except for your controls are different and your screen is smaller. And then I die breaking a block into some lava in, the, <laughs> in Minecraft. And then it's like... So pissed off, I throw my phone and I hurry up and log yeah. into my computer trying to <laughs> trying to save myself. <laughs> and it's too late because you know, you didn't have the same controls, you didn't have the same awareness of where you're at and stuff like oh, that. Okay. And it's just to me, it's a totally different game. I hope, I hope our future of gamers, you know, kids coming into this, don't just get used to the phones and and not experience PC gaming the way it has yeah. been. Cause to me, it's a totally different experience. It's a lot better, a lot more. Uh, engaging or saturating so. yeah um yeah and, and and that's the thing too is the younger generation sees phones as an as a main way of playing video games in a different way than we do so it's hard because we're we're definitely outsiders on this we're we're the old folks and yeah. um yeah i i remember playing minecraft on the phone one time i was just playing the version i just got done playing on the pc and i in my base happened to have a lot of lava as like decorations and i was breaking bricks and then i was like I don't want to chance this, so I just stopped playing. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to wait till I'm on the PC and I can stand next to the lava and feel safe. Because you can't like press yeah. that shift and crouch thing very well. So, yeah. Yeah. I, and, and that game doesn't, uh, to me, doesn't lean itself to a controller well, too. And, um, something like Skyrim does play on a controller really well, so maybe that would be better. I'm definitely mm. going to give it a shot. I've been waiting for it to come to the iOS. So I will definitely be giving it a shot. I've been playing some games. I've been playing Spider-Man on my phone from my PlayStation 5. That's mm -hmm. been working pretty well, and that's kind of nice. I'll be watching, I'll be watching whatever Modern Family while I'm playing Spider Man on my phone has been working out pretty well because I have the controller attachment. So actually, like it actually sits on my controller, so I'm actually playing on that. Oh, okay, okay, that probably changes a lot. I was thinking too, like what about something like Sea of Thieves? Imagine trying to steer your ship through a storm yeah. or bucket out water when you're getting attacked, but you're doing it all through your phone. Yeah, like the controls are just so limiting. I, I, I can't do that, do and that is definitely the kids are really good at that. That one Fortnite kid that won like the championship. Using touchscreen mm -hmm. blows my mind. I have to have the controller mount because I have a mount that goes on the controller. It's actually made like under Xbox's approval, but it fits yeah. the PlayStation 5 as well. So I put it, it goes on the controller. I'm using a lot of my hands to describe this. And then a, <laughs> a phone mount that comes above that. 
So your phone actually uh-huh. hovers right above your controller, and it's great. Uh-huh. I like that a lot, actually. So if I were to keep okay. the controller in my in my backpack when I'm going somewhere, if I'm going hiking or let's be realistic, if I'm just going to school, <laughs> um, <laughs> I could bust it out and get some, you know, clear an area with so, Skyrim. That I'm in the that, mood to play Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> does that one plug into your phone or is it Bluetooth Connect? Bluetooth Connect. Okay, okay. So that's kind of like a drone controller too. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. I forgot that you, yeah, you got the drone. It, it feels just like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of Sea of Thieves, we mentioned that earlier. This is so cool. This is uh, ga- GameRate.com is one that brought this to my attention, so I want to give them an uh, awesome shout out. Sea of Thieves adds a touching tribute to developer who passed away last year. So um, I know World of Warcraft does this. Sea of Thieves does a lot of tributes to, you know, early developers and early uh, streamers and stuff like that of the game. You'll find like wanted posters throughout the game of, of streamers that adopted the game earlier or there in the beta. So they're, they're, it's just really great company. Rare is really great company. Okay. Uh, see if these adds this touching tribute in a recent update, creating a new quest in the, in the memory of developer James White, who passed away last year. In a recent developer update from the studio, Alex Hunisset describes him as an incredibly friendly man with a warm heart, a hearty laugh, down-to-earth demeanor, and an epic beard that would make even the greatest pirate glow with pride. In celebration of his memory, the studio has added a new Sea of Thieves storyline inspired by White's kindness and generosity. Titled The Legend of the Glitterbeard, Legend of Glitterbeard, there you go, uh, the quest tasks players to uncover the tale of a larger-than-life pirate, finding his scattered journals throughout their adventures. I, this is just, I love this so much, man. What a great way to honor somebody you love. It adds funness to the game, like, ooh, we'll find these new journals and stuff like that. We learn about the care that the the person, um, World of Warcraft. I know about the a lot of the memorials in World of Warcraft. Uh, do you know of any memorials? I know it's off the top of our heads here. Do you know of any memorials added to games? Do you gonna- uh, they're just just the one. I, of course, I don't. You know, I don't play all the biggest games in the world. But um, I know you remember Harrowbrain in Minecraft early early on. Yeah, that yeah, that was yeah. Not not necessarily the same. It wasn't a memorial everyone can go find but i thought it was a really cool kind of i don't know uh interesting way to remember somebody in the game well and and notch kept putting him in the patch notes so he was remembering his brother yeah. through that because he kept putting harrowbrain yeah. in the patch notes so that is a cool way to kind of keep your brother playing when in every patch yeah. note we removed harrowbrain this time and every patch <laughs> note was that and i was like oh they you know it's just a fun play like but that keeps the conversation around his brother that's really cool yeah 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 uh, for World of Warcraft, there is three moments of memorialism that I that I'll talk about. So, uh, one is this one was kind of has a tragic ending in a way. Um, there's a horde player that passed away, and his his guild, and then eventually uh, many horde players went to I think it was Moonglade. There's a lake there, and this is back in classic vanilla days. And people took off their armor and put on robes and stood in line paying tribute to at the lake. And there's a long, long line of horde players. And they just took one at a time, stepped up to the lake, paid tribute to the fallen friend, and then moved on. Oh, I've got another one, too. Uh, fallen friend and moved on. And it was this beautiful scene and stuff like that. You guys can see YouTube videos of it. The Alliance, being heartless and assholes, attacked during this. While everybody was wearing robes, ceremonial robes, no armor, no weapons, and slaughtered the entire group. But the idea that like they stopped to think about this man, even when the Alliance attacked, the Alliance, it was big enough for the Alliance to know that this event was happening. And that was just really, really cool. 
Another one is a developer died uh, during the making of World of Warcraft. And if you guys are in the Barrens, there is a funeral pyre that's up on one of the mountains. You can go visit it. I've visited a few times now. And you actually see a plaque to him. And uh, he um, he was just one of their fallen early developers. And it's sitting there out in the Barrens. And it's always got a forever burning flame and stuff like that. Uh, my personal favorite one, though, and it, it just touches my heart every every time. If you guys uh, level a Torn, uh, you'll note that in Blood of uh, village, which is the second city you go to, uh, there's a Torin that asks you, can you help me find my dog? And you help him find a ghost dog, and then you bring the dog back. The dog, the uh, Torin's voice doesn't sound like any other voice in the game, and it's because it's a Make-A-Wish kid who wanted to be part of the game, so they had him record those lines, and although the game's gone through many updates, they've actually changed the way the Barrens looks and the way that um, that area looks. Uh, they made sure to keep that voice line in, and the kid died. Uh, you know, I think a couple years after that, but his voice lives on in that game. And I'll, you know, as a speedrunner, I won't. You know, like the quest isn't necessarily efficient. I will do that quest every time I level a new character in that area, and it's just so cool because you hear his voice. Will you help me catch my dog? He sounds like that, you know. And and then when you bring him back, he says a few more lines too. And it's just like, wow, what a cool way to memorialize somebody. I just, I freaking love it. Um. And so game companies doing that is just really neat. Is there any way you would want to be memorialized in a game? Uh, that's that's pretty tricky. So like I like how you explain that with that little kid. Like, you know, it's it's World of Warcraft, it's a big game. A lot yeah. of people play it. It's not, you know, it's not gone yet. At least there's a few more, but those are the like, most notable that I that I like the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would be my biggest fear is if I say, hey, yeah, I want to be immortalized in, you know, what a Skyrim. Uh in 10 years, is anybody going to play Skyrim? Is anybody going to see that character that I am? Yeah. You know, I don't want to be in something or something that's a flop that, oh yeah, I want to be a, I want to be immortalized in cyberpunk. This is cool new game coming out pretty soon. Oh boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would really be sad to everybody else. Um, so I'd, it'd be cool like Harebrained to be in something that you get carried over, over and over again. Or if, you know, Rare or some, you know, video game company puts you a small homage to you in each of their games. Uh, would be cool, but uh, not yeah, nothing specific. Maybe just a, a statue or something like that. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, I'm sure you have plenty in mind, though. Well, I mean, for my yeah, of course, there's always been I want to be an NPC in World of Warcraft. But I I really would like to like Civilization Six to me seems like a really good one to join. They mm -hmm. it's all world leaders, but it would be cool if they opened it up a little bit to where there was some additional just like custom people you could play as. And I would like to be a a a civilization character you can play and for those of you guys who have played the game you understand that like each world leader you play has perks and stuff like that to how they play to where if you like play as teddy roosevelt then you know that okay you get um the rough riders people that he's famous for basically creating in the military uh tourism is your best route for united states and uh you guys get i think flight and amusement parks something like that sooner stuff like that um or hollywood you guys get hollywood sooner so it, it would be cool if like they had a section that was like, oh, hey, these are players that we are memorializing in the game. It's like, okay, if you play as the Frank character, you're better off playing like Frank would play. And that's how you're most efficient. So I get you get a perk to um, early expansion, like building cities early and fast. Uh, but if you if you try to win through religion, you're really bad at it. <laughs> like I would be <laughs> like it would be fun. Like I think that would be really cool because then you're actually playing as the way I would play the game. 
And I think that'd be a really fun way to memorialize people and stuff like that. And that way it's not just you visiting the person. Like the, the World of Warcraft one is really cool because it's actually the kid's voice. Mm-hmm. Something like that. You actually get to hear that person. You get to feel how that person would play. I think that would be really cool. I think C- Civilization is such a great game and it lasts for, for so long. And something like that I think would be relatively easy to add to the game. I think it'd be cool for them to do that. So what do you think about something like Assassin's Creed we just reviewed not too long ago? If you made a character, it would take a whole lot, but it'd be a big homage to somebody, but a character that you would play as in-depth as that, that is made after a living person. And oh, wow. You need to remember them. Imagine, I mean, you're walking in their footsteps. Every Everything they're saying is that person, but you know, you'd have to be building this character for the last year of your life, yeah. probably. This is exactly how Tesla will be memorized. He'll make sure to make a video game about himself. There's no doubt Tesla would do this. Um, that would be amazing. Could you imagine like Mm. if your family member dies and then you're playing as them, you, that would be amazing, man. That's so epic. That would be expensive as hell. I mean, some, someday now, now you got me thinking about this whole after death kind of thing. Imagine if you could develop a character or pay for a character to be developed about you and they, you know, record you talking and, and walking and ask you questions and do a bunch of interviews and have to really try to capture your essence and stuff like that. And then they create a NPC in a virtual world where people can log in and just go visit Taff because they want to go just talk to him about something. And, you know, they just go, it's a whatever coffee shop or something like that. And you just go talk to him and then you go talk to, you know, somebody, another friend that passed away that you want to, you know, ask them for advice. Mm -hmm. And most everything would be just pre-programmed, you know, uh, words, but. That'd be kind of cool to just have a way to immortalize a bunch of people. It'd be a digital cemetery where you can actually interact to some extent with the memories of the person that passed. It's kind of like in Ready Player One, uh, the first one, I believe. Doesn't he talk? It's like pre-recorded responses. He's able to talk to the guy that's starting the the uh, race. Yeah. So he he creates he makes an avatar that stays there. Mm. Um, that he yeah he pre-records assigns a bunch of stuff to him. That was the character that he played, and then he plucked him and left him in the game without him being attached but but then uh, his friend like becomes the librarian and i wonder if it's like this thing where it's like i want to be i want to be close to my other friend like i don't know you know there, there might be something there yeah. kind of like that yeah or i mean it eventually might get like um black mirror with the san san junipero or i think it's called san junipero yeah i uh, love that episode it's my favorite actually one. pluck the consciousness out of somebody's brain and put it in the, yeah. the internet but that's that's a long, long ways away. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, a, a similar version where at least the the family members afterwards can go back and remember you with a, a little a little bit of interaction. Would be kind of cool. Let us know, guys, if you guys have any cool ideas for like how to be memorializing video games and stuff like that. It is it's it just sparks the imagination. There's all kinds of cool ideas out there, and like, man, that'd be really interesting. Okay, uh, last uh, a news bit we'll talk about. Twitch streamer Ludwig Ogren is doing an endless stream now. This I was right away like Truman Show, man. And I you, I was thinking of you this entire time. This guy yeah. came up with an ingenious idea. He's doing an endless stream. And every time somebody subs to him, it adds 10 seconds to the stream. I thought like, okay, I would get like 50 seconds <laughs> on in a night, uh, which I would be very happy with. Um, as of these notes, so I took these notes yesterday. He's been on for 78 hours straight. And has 63 hours built up to go, at least. Okay, so I did the math, and fe- please double check my math. That means that people have paid to watch him. They've paid $423,000. Okay, 
Okay. It's crazy. Because the sub is $5. Okay. And you get half the sub for the actual streamer gets half the sub, the other half goes to Twitch. So he has made $211,000 without the ad money because he also has an ad pre roll when you join in. So that's, mm -hmm. so he's getting money from that. Before the, the thing started, he had 2 million followers. I'm not sure how many followers he has now, but throughout his entire stream, he's had like at minimum 30,000 people watching him at one time. It's gone up to like 50, but it's at least 30,000. And eventually he like, he didn't know how long this is going to last. He eventually had a sleep, right? So he's like, I'm gonna go to sleep. And he thought like, I'll lose viewers and I can finally just go to sleep, sleep. No, he gained viewers overnight while he, people, while he's sleeping, more people started watching. But people are just watching him sleep. He's got a camera on his bed. It's fucking Truman Show, John. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's 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 what I was hoping. Actual like, that's crazy. So really, he's getting two hundred thousand dollars, and he's only got to work three more days, right, or less than that. I mean, if if nobody subscribes again, he's got what well, you said sixty three hours left to go. Yeah, that's insane. But so it will. It's it's endless as long as people keep subscribing. Right, right. it'll stop. That it, timer will stop increasing if nobody else subscribes. Exactly. That is, I mean, so that's good. Once it, once the world says he's not relevant anymore kind of thing, you know, it'll taper off and he just cashes out that money that he's already earned and be yeah. done. Um, but for as long as people are interested, he's just going to keep live streaming. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I, he He's a Mario Odyssey and Pokemon streamer. He, so he does that sometimes. But what really the stream is, is him hanging out with his family. He has multiple cameras. I was popping in to kind of check on like, what's going on? You know, and I think that's what it would be like for the Truman Show if it existed. And he and his, he's like sitting there at the, basically the island in the kitchen and his family's kind of cooking around him and stuff like that. And he's chatting with them and it's just them chatting. And he had 32,000 people watching him at that time. And the, the chat thing on the side where people are talking is on fire with people just discussing random things. And people are just right. hanging out, watching this guy just like chill out and eating food and waiting for dinner or whatever. And I was just like, this is straight up. The Truman Show. Do you think this could be at uh, like what I'm wondering is Netflix or CBS sees this and actually tries to make a Truman Show. Do you think that's possible? I don't I don't think that that those platforms are going to cross. So, you know, we watch, you know, streamers and stuff online all the time, but I don't think we're ever going to. I don't know, maybe someday, but I don't think the streaming and, and like the polished TV and movie platform are really going to cross over each other mm -hmm. but i think it will fight for space i think uh people you know if this goes well we're, we got way too many streamers in the world nowadays uh they're gonna hopefully other people will try to emulate this and do the same thing and maybe we get a bunch of people that are just streaming maybe set hours a day or just 24 7 and you start to get more of that that subscription to watch people just living their regular lives and i don't know i think that'd be kind of cool if it's somebody that you you appreciate their work or there's something you like about them. I think that'd be cool to just kind of watch them do other things in life. Like we both watched Star Trek. Imagine, you know, Captain Janeway, especially back in the height of the show when it was, it was all new and still airing live. Imagine you'd want to watch Kate Mulgrew, like go walk her dog or something like that. I would have or watched go that. Shopping at Save Mart. Like, <laughs> that would be, I would watch like, that'd be kind of cool. So I think that's, pretty cool i'm hoping that other people try to do it but i hope it doesn't become like you're saying like commercialized in a packaged yeah. form that goes on netflix because i think that would be a lot uh cheapened i guess yeah this is so raw that that we're getting everything but yeah netflix version would make sure to like well make sure you don't show this make sure there's no nike symbols in the background and stuff like that that this is so raw yeah. i'm i just hopped onto it as we're talking 
So he's asleep right now. He has a, a he does like a stream in a stream. So we're like people like sometimes when he's doing something, you can watch like one of his friends streaming a game. So you can see that mm-hmm. um, right now he's sleeping. He I mean, he's actually straight up asleep. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> you could tell that there's people talking in his discord right now. So pe- there are people chatting. And um, again, the actual live chat text is on fire. People are just talking about random things. And hmm. he's got 34,000 w- watchers right now as he's sleeping. Wow. It's but amazing. I could see, I mean, if you're a fan of him and you see behind his bed, he has a pop of whatever ad- adventure time, <laughs> then <laughs> I, I just realized that he's in a race car bed, by the way. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Everybody's all of a sudden talking about, oh my God, I was at a race car bed when I was a kid. You know what? I'm going to order one. Do you, do you know if they have them on Amazon? And everyone's going back and forth. Like, I want to get one for my kid or I want to get one for myself. Like, I don't know. That's pretty cool. I got to follow him. <laughs> this is just fascinating to me. Um, I I remember when we watched Truman Show. First off, we thought this this movie is amazing. And yeah. like this would be pretty cool and stuff like that. I never really thought it would actually happen. And now that we have something so close to it, I do keep popping in to check on how things are going. I think this is a genius idea. And I really hope that it mm-hmm. kind of takes off a little bit. So what we didn't like about Truman Show, obviously, by the end, you realize that he doesn't know what's going on. Right. And he's being manipulated and controlled. And it's kind of like a zoo set up and that's not cool because we're humans and we want freedom and and all that stuff uh but this is totally different in that aspect is that this guy set it up himself and he's getting paid to do this now he's you know and not that somebody came to him with a check and said hey you want to do this for ten thousand dollars no he set it up to where he's getting paid regularly on his own terms kind of thing so uh i think from that side of it it's a, a whole lot better you know than the truman show too so that's that's really cool yeah i hope it i hope it keeps going I know. I'm, I'm interested to see. Right now, it says he has 55 hours left on there. So we'll have to see. He has like a timer on the top where as subs go in, it starts, it adds the 10 seconds, and it's pretty neat. Check it out, guys. That is, let me get the name again Ludwig Ogren. So if you just type in Ludwig Ogren, A H G R U E N, you'll see it. I think he might be Danish or Swedish, something like that. Um, He has the like the, one of the flags up a lot. It's been fascinating. <laughs> Check that out, guys. Uh, all right, we're going to close things off with uh, the announcement of our better Oscars. It's back. So we had the Oscar nominations revealed, as usual. And, of course, the Oscars have always messed up. They're boring, like, best actor and best movie. Nobody cares about that. So here at Geek Freaks, there's, like, this is our fourth annual better Oscars, which is kind of nuts. We're <laughs> at a point where we have a fourth annual anything. Um, I'll have to check. Might be third annual. Uh, we do better Oscars. So some of the classic categories are coming back. Best villain of 2020. Best fight scene, best comic book movie, uh, best special effects, biggest badass. Those are all classic categories coming back. We'll also bring in some new ones as we do every year. The two that I would like to add this year, and one of them I need your approval on because it might be outside the rules. Biggest surprise favorite is one of them. So my thought behind this one is, you know how like you're on Netflix or Hulu? and Because the thing with 2020 is like not a lot of blockbusters came out. It was all Netflix, Hulu, stuff like that. So you yeah. know when you're on one of those and you're just like, oh, this looks interesting. I see the cover, the little image they show. I'm like, let me check it out. And you end up liking it. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I want one of those. Like, okay. was not advertised at all. I just kind of came across it and liked it. So gotcha. biggest surprise favorite. Like surprise blockbuster kind of thing. Yeah. And my two nominations for that, and we'll add, there's going to be four nominations for each one, but the two that I'm adding in right away, Palm Springs, which is a, a movie on Hulu, which I can't suggest enough, John. The time loop one where um, it's really funny. It's got Andy Samberg from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is the main character. Okay. Really good. 
The other one is Bloodshot. Remember the movie we reviewed, Bloodshot? With uh, uh, yeah. I went in thinking that was going to be really bad, and I actually enjoyed it a lot. It actually had a really good like middle story in there. Mm, okay. um, and I went in expecting that to be awful. <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it, so it was really good. Uh, so that's a big surprise. My other one is Best Miniseries. Now hear me out. Normally, TV shows are not included on the Oscars. That's just for, you know, uh, movies. But the miniseries, yeah. I'm thinking it's like the one season, and it's only meant to be one season. True. Like WandaVision, we're trying to, we're exactly. starting to merge movie and TV. Exactly like that. WandaVision, unfortunately, came out in 2021, so it won't be on the list. But yeah. what will be, would be on the list for me is Queen's Gambit and Tiger King. Uh, okay. Both yeah. are only one season and stuff like that. Do you think those would count as best mini, as miniseries? I think so, because it's a it's a story that has a beginning and an end. It can't be carried on over yeah. and over again. So a one one season kind of story. I think Queen's Gambit is shorter than all fucking Zack Snyder Justice League. So I think we're okay. <laughs> it probably is. It's a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot better. A lot better. God, I like that show. Um, yeah. Okay, so that, I'm going to add that to the best miniseries. So do you have any categories you'd like to add? No, I should think about it. Yeah. I was actually looking through the Oscar nominations today, uh, this morning. And I'm like, my God, I don't know yeah. any of these. Yeah. I've maybe watched four movies out of all of these that are nominated for, out of, I mean, there's like 60 different nominations or whatever between the different categories. Uh, so I'm like, either I'm really bad at watching TV these days or there's just not much good stuff coming out this past year. Well, yeah. Uh, and how did Wonder Woman's cool mall fight scene not get added to any list? It will be on ours. Best fight scene. Boom. Yeah. You know? Bam. Yeah, Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman? Did I, yeah, I think it said Wonder Woman. I was like, did I say WandaVision again? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So think of some more, Jonathan, and then we're gonna have these all on our website. We'll come up with categories, and then for the next month, because the Oscars at the end of April, uh, for the next month we'll be releasing these polls randomly throughout the week. It'll be like, hey, biggest badass, and we'll have you know uh, four different badasses. You guys vote on them, and then you guys pick who wins the Oscars, and then we give out the better Oscars at the end of April as well. And we will have more viewers in the Oscars, I think. So that's my that's my Man. plan. <laughs> I like it. All right. I think that's but, it for us this week, John. Anything you want to end off with? Um, I got more to talk about afterwards, but we'll save that just for the streamers. How about that? Oh, I like that. Okay. All right, guys. Take it easy. You all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.